0: This is Cody
1: Daigle-Oriens. This is Neil daigle
0: And welcome to another episode of Bearded Fruit.
1: I'm too sad to say yay.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. That's good. We're gonna keep it up. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, y- Clearly it's like it was it's been a very troubling weekend in the country but we're going to start off with some good news.
1: Yay. First.
0: We're going to start off with some very good news. Um Bearded Fruit is snatching trophies.
1: We are nominated for a trophy. We
0: are not we right. We are in the running to potentially snatch a trophy which is really kind of cool. So the People's Choice Podcast Awards have nominated our show in the best LGBTQ podcast category. Yay. Yay, yeah. Um this is our second year being nominated in that category so that's uh it's kind of awesome
1: always a bridesmaid never Never a bride bride, never a winner of an award it's it's the people's choice so you people out there (laughs) listening you better choose Well, they do. They listen to
0: us, so that's choice. But we wanted to thank the People's Choice Podcast Awards um, for for including us in the LGBTQ podcast category this year again. And uh, head over to their website, which is podcastawards.com, to see us, our fellow LGBTQ podcast nominees. There's some really good shows in that mix. And all of the other podcasts that are nominated for awards. So... Um, So this weekend, um, was there anything in the news that...
1: It was a really slow weekend. great. Yeah, nothing yeah. happened on Friday.
0: <laughs> no, the unavoidable news story of this weekend has been uh, the news coming out of Charlottesville, Virginia, and the violence that broke out around a white supremacist rally there, which had the name uh, Unite the Right. Mm-hmm. It uh, rhymed. Um, so a little background on the rally, if you have somehow missed it. The Unite the Right rally was organized uh, in Charlottesville to protest the city of Charlottesville, Ville's plan to remove a statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee from a city park. That's the reason why all the um, things that are happening down there are happening. So a little bit about that statue. It's interesting. Uh, the statue stood in the city since around 1924, and in the last several years, conversations about removing that statue had been taking place. As has been happening in other cities around the country. New Orleans has removed some of their uh, statues that commemorate Confederate and uh, and other uh, like, like racist leaders. Um, So a recent article in the New York Times, actually it was today, today an article in the New York Times,
1: very recent,
0: very recent, shared the experience of one of the Charlottesville city councilors, Kristen Zakos, who recalls um, she was at this public event and she floated the idea that we should maybe take down the statue of Robert E. Lee and she like people completely freaked out. And uh, she said she later received phone calls and email threats And this is a quote from that article from her. She said, I felt like I had put a stick in the ground and kind of ugly stuff bubbled up from it. Hmm. Which is pretty much what happened this weekend Mm -hmm. in Charlottesville. Ugly stuff uh, bubbled up when these white supremacist protesters descended on Charlottesville. So they marched to sort of preserve this statue. They were carrying torches. Tiki Mm -hmm. torches, which has been quite the meme subject. And they're carrying torches. They're like flashing Nazi symbols, um, doing all these like, very overt, very overt, like Nazi KKK level kind of things. Um, Chance of like, you will not replace us.
1: Jews will not replace Jews us. Jews will
0: not replace us. Uh, there was one one group on a Saturday during the day that uh, they were chanting. What was it? Um, was it fuck you
1: faggots? Was that something like that? Something
0: like that. It was one of those. Um Lots of threats and, of course, violence. So uh, there was a crowd of counter-protesters. Because, uh, folks did come out to protest the uh, white supremacist protesters. They were mowed down by one of these white supremacists uh, with a car. At the Unite the Right rally, uh, one counter protester was killed and another 19 were injured. Also, two Virginia state troopers were killed in a helicopter crash as they were monitoring the rally. Now, there's nothing like nefarious uh, that has been reported about that. It was just a crash, but they it was connected to the rally. They were there trying to monitor this activity and helping um, local police monitor the activity. Um, the rally did get some uh, very interesting supporters I mm-hmm. think uh, Richard Spencer, who, you know, very famous um, guy Nazi, who gets punched, who gets punched. He's a famous white supremacist. He's uh, a famous punching bag. Right. Uh, he thought it was an awesome event. He did end up getting arrested. So, yay! Uh, and David Duke, who was a former Grand Wizard of the KKK and uh, gem of Louisiana politics. Mm. The crown jewel in our uh, uh, political uh,
1: Tiara or he's a, diadem. He's a white <laughs>
0: diamond. He is a white diamond. Yes, Just like a, a well, really, like whatever a white cubic zirconia. Because uh, like, diamonds are valuable. Uh, he said that the rally was the fulfillment of Trump's promise to America.
1: Whew. That sounds really dramatic. Like girl, also some promises need to be broken.
0: Um, and so these guys were in support of the rally, and I guess with friends like those who needs enemies. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's the sum of what was going on. And, um, so we're going to talk about that today and some things connected with how, how the stuff that's going on in Charlottesville, uh, connects and should be important to people in the LGBTQ community. Um, yesterday was a bummer. A little bit. Yeah. It was kind of a bummer of a day. I, I worked yesterday and, uh, it was a pretty quiet day at the office. I was doing a lot. Of, I had a lot to do, but it was kind of a quiet day overall. And I was able to really watch all the news and see people's responses to it. And um, and I think we kind of both had a feeling like it. It makes this is a kind of day that makes a lot of the work seem meaningless. Yeah it it's it's a it's a sort of an incredibly difficult thing to kind of process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you want
1: to? What am I? Do you have anything further to? Oh, I was really sad yesterday, and I felt like everything was meaningless and pointless. And it's this existential dread that I've been going through forever, but every six months or so, I have this panic attack where I'm just like, oh, everything's meaningless, everything's pointless, art is pointless, I'm not contributing to the world, I'm not doing anything good, I'm just making paintings, Um, which is funny because I don't even make paintings, but anyway, um, and then eventually I get over it. But it's been happening more lately, and it's been deeper lately in terms of how how strongly it affects me. And it really sucks, because I went to the MoMA uh, the day before, and I was all like, Rauschenberg, inspiration, wow, look at what you can do with materials. And then I came home, and I was like, oh, wait, that's right, everything is terrible. Yeah. And everything has always been terrible. The end. Okay, I guess I'll burn my studio. <laughs> but not really cuz it's our house. No, yeah, please don't do
0: that <laughs> because then our whole house would burn down and that would be a problem on many levels. A little bit. Um yeah, no, I I agree. The these sort of things feel so large and impossible to solve and you just sort of see, I think I mean you are you're always aware that things are terrible you always are aware that things are terrible. Well, not everybody is aware that always aware that things are Mm -hmm. terrible, but uh, I mean, I feel like we're always kind of aware that things are terrible, but then there are these moments where you sort of realize the magnitude of how terrible things actually are and how actually terrible they, how more terrible they could become. And it feels like all the stupid things that you do, like making a library program or, or even a podcast seems sort of um, fruitless. <laughs> like, huh, Bearded fruit. I didn't even mean it though. I didn't even. Ah, I wasn't even intentional. Just trying to find the right word. Um, but that it feels. Um, it. It. Yeah. It feel. It feels futile to some degree to do these. These small. Like. Like. It's like a pebble in an ocean. That the small thing that you do isn't really going to make any difference in mm-hmm. the long run. Um, <laughs> so listen to our.
1: <laughs> so vote for us. <laughs> Vote for our podcast because everything is meaningless, <laughs> right, including right. your vote, like, uh, especially your vote.
0: No. Um, so what I wanted to talk about, uh, because it's something that I thought about a lot yesterday, and um, it's what I think makes our podcast meaningful. This is a meaningful thing, that, a meaningful conversation we can have. Um, part of it is something that you shared yesterday in your social media world, and uh, I think it's a really great conversation to have because, uh, something that I, I find that I, I see a lot are, uh, and I guess it's best to preface this conversation that we are specifically going to have a conversation that's kind of about white supremacy and race, but that we're talking to white people, mm-hmm. you know, like we're not talking to people of color necessarily in this conversation and we're not, we're not talking for them. It's like, we're, we're some white people talking to white people. Whites on whites. Yeah, this is this is like straight up like white like right. We're taking our white folks into the other room for a minute, uh, to talk to them. Listen, Bradley. Yeah, and Braylee. And Branalee. Brandana Lee
1: McKay.
0: McKay With way too many GHs. <laughs> Right, and it's it's spelled B O B. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so no, we're like this is really like specifically addressing uh, like white people. Um, I see in the response to a lot of these kind of moments that happen when we see the, the the sort of undercurrent of American racism really like bubble to that when the ugly stuff bubbles up, that people say things like. I can't believe this is happening or it's 2017 how could this occur uh that they're shocked by these kinds of things and um that in, that always elicits a very specific response in me mm-hmm. uh when white people say that because it uh, the white when, when my white people my white people say that um do you want to jump in
1: I mean everything has always been terrible yeah. was the point of my status <clears throat> and it's it's public, so if you guys Google me, you can find it on Facebook and share it. It's also a rambling mess. But basically, the idea is that if you're surprised, it's simply because you haven't been paying attention. If you're surprised, then it's simply because you are in a position where you don't have to pay attention, um, or it's just not obvious to you. Um, but everything has always been terrible. Um, and they're terrible in many different ways and they're terrible in ways that cross geography. Um, so people try to also pin it as a Southern thing and it's like, no, look at the new Haven school districts. Mm. Like here we are in new England and here we are in Connecticut and we have one of the highest, um, disparities of income. And it's like, look at the schools that that disproportionately affects. And it all comes back to education really. Um, so let's look at that and then let's look at wage disparities and let's let's look at those things and really see oh it's not just the south it just looks different in the south sometimes right and that's and that's like also a key point is that it's sometimes sometimes it's like really loud and abrasive and very obvious um in the south but then that also happens in the northeast the first time i ever saw a confederate uh, a confederate flag flying from a house was in connecticut um And that still surprises me, because I lived in Louisiana with you Mm -hmm. for a month, and I didn't... Like, I saw them on cars, and I've seen them on cars in Nebraska, but never on a house. And that, to me, is different. Like, when you're, like... very much so. When you're gonna, like, fly that... Like, my mom flies her, like, cute little pumpkins for Halloween on her house. (laughs) When you're gonna do that with a Confederate flag, like, that means something. Yeah. um, Very different. And, yeah, that's Connecticut, which, I mean, hilarious for many reasons. But, um it's just, it's just a thing where it's like, it, it, it transcends all of this because of colonialism. And we are a, we are, um, products of a colonialistic imperialistic society. So it makes sense that we are all inherently racist Mm -hmm. and that we, especially white folks, we all benefit from racism somehow. Um, and that's just an inherent quality that none of us can ignore and none of us can get away from. It's just what happens. We're, a country that's built on exploitation or a country that's built on this idea that one group of people is genetically inferior to another group. And hundreds and hundreds of years later, we still have people who believe that. And that's what these people are. And it's not like they suddenly reappeared. They've always been here. And they're also normal people. They're people who are teachers. They're people who are cops. They're people who um, are working um, blue-collar jobs white-collar jobs like they're just people um, They're not these monsters that are completely unavoidable. They're people that you see every day. They're people that you engage with every day and That's terrifying that makes it worse like it'd be easier if they're monsters It'd be easier if they all had like terrible green skin and like they were gigantic orcs and we could be like, oh, that's one right there I you're terrible. I know you um, they, they they are much more assimilated into our society and that's what makes it scarier.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I, it, the, I think whenever, whenever you, people say things like, I can't, I can't believe this is, is happening. It's, it's endemic of not listening to people of color who literally have been telling us forever Mm -hmm. that it is this bad, like that this really is happening. They like, You got to you got to listen for one. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, I was very struck by the images coming out of of the rally, because I as I said to you last night, that those images undercut all of our stereotypical notions about racists in this country, that one, they're they're all from the south. That's not true. Those guys were coming from all over the country. There was one guy that they identified who's from Berkeley. He's from frickin' Berkeley, mm-hmm. and he was there with his tiki torch. The idea that we're going to age out of racism, that, you know, we just have to wait for the old racist to die, then the young people will save the day. We weren't looking at a sea full of old people. We were looking at young guys in, like, their 20s and early 30s. I think a
1: problem, too, is that that's been a prevailing thing. Mm-hmm. That's been a prevailing thought amongst young people for decades. Yes. Yeah. And now they're not young people anymore. And clearly it didn't happen then. So it's not going to happen now.
0: Yeah. And there's also this, you know, the idea that the only people who are racist are like backwoods, never gone to school, hillbilly moonshine makers who live in the woods someplace in Alabama. And you conjure a very specific visual image there. And none of those guys meet that image. An image based on class. Right. Like. (laughs) None of those guys look like they're dudes who go to the cigar bar on the weekend after their nine to five finance job. And they probably do. And they probably do. Yeah. Like these are guys that just like the, your next door neighbor in your neighborhood. Like you said, like these are people mm-hmm. who you encounter. They're your teachers and the guy at the bank and the guy, the manager at the grocery store and, and all of these, th- that's who these people are. Mm-hmm. And the... I think oh, it's, it's a very dangerous, well, I think it's absolutely essential that we, we identify when things are Nazi-like and KKK-like and when you're using the language and the tools and the visuals of the Nazis and the KKK. It's incredibly important because we have a history of those things and we understand what they mean. And to call it out and to call them that is important and not give them names like white nationalists or all right. Like, I get that. But at the same time, I think whenever we call th- when we just say, oh look, that no that that rally, that was just like Nazis and KKK guys, that eliminates our responsibility to be a
1: part of it. Well, and like that's the thing. It's just like if you're white and I mean, especially America, but also pretty much any other country in the world, if you're white, you benefit from colonialism, yeah, like. Ethiopia is literally the only country where you probably don't, and that's just because they fought off colonialization. Like, but but I mean that's that is without any research, so please don't drag me if I'm wrong about that. Anyway, um, but yeah, like if you're white, you benefit from systems. If you're in England, you benefit from being white. If you are in France, you benefit from being white. If you're um elsewhere, you benefit from being white. Um it's just a reality because colonialism, because centuries and centuries ago they established like things like manifest destiny and they they established um deciding to try to rule the world um and because of that that's set into place systems that inherently benefit us um and that's across the board it's everywhere mm-hmm. and it, it looks different in different places but that doesn't mean it's not there right
0: and it, it it's i i that the idea that that we have to remember we can say all the condemning things that we want to say about, you know, it's terrible that this is happening and we we can engage in that all the time. But we always have to remember that we are those white people who are doing this. We are still white, too. Mm-hmm. And we are the same. I thought about this a lot yesterday when I was because um, yesterday I was the person in charge of the library. I was I was entrusted with the task of keeping the library safe from danger for the whole day and one thing that i thought um which is which is something that i know that people of color uh, have have just i've I've read i'm not like speaking for them but like I've, i've heard this expressed um i'm walking around and i'm thinking you know to a person of color i look just like the white supremacist terrorists that are currently doing horrible things in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Like their face is my face. I you could racially profile me and I'm that person. Like you, if you don't know me, I look like the screaming torch guys. Mm -hmm. There's literally one in that, that, that very like picture that everybody's sharing that looks just like us. Mm -hmm. He's chubby and he's bearded and he wears glasses. Mm -hmm. Like that's my MO. Mm -hmm. That's like my whole personal style. Mm-hmm. Minus the torch and the racism, but um, the overt racism, and like we look like those people. That's us, and 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 owning that, Im- owning that responsibility. That yes, we are still white. Yes, we still are part of those systems. We still, by just nature of benefiting from it all the time, are part of perpetuating it. Mm-hmm. We are. Um, And yeah, and we benefit from it all the time. So then what do you do about it? Well, yeah, well, we're going to get to that. Because the second idea, the big idea, is to remember that we are an LGBTQ podcast. What? Right, we're a queer podcast. And it's something that we have said many times on on the podcast, but I feel like this is an important time to reiterate this issue in maybe stronger terms than we have said before. And this is directly to the white people, If you're white and listening to this, this is for you. Racial justice is an LGBTQ issue.
1: And why is that?
0: Period. There's no way around it. Racial justice is an LGBTQ issue. Every white person has a responsibility to address racism, but LGBTQ white people... Queer whites out there, we have an even greater responsibility because we, as members of a marginalized community, have a responsibility to address and act against
1: injustice because we know what it's like to experience it. Well, not only that, but also just LGBTQ is a a community that transcends race. Yes. So, like, it's a racial issue because people who experience racial issues are part of this community. Yes.
0: You can't care about... Queer people without caring about black queer people and Latinx queer people and Muslim queer people and Asian queer people and indigenous queer people. Like, they're all in our community. So if you care about the community, you have to care about them. And racial justice is a deep and important issue for people of color.
1: Yeah, it's one of those you really actually can't pick and choose situations. No. Sorry. I mean, we
0: we have been on the receiving end of injustice as white gay people Mm -hmm. because of the men and women too we've been on the receiving end of injustice so our complacency in issues of racial justice and other kinds of justice matters not only says that we don't give a shit like with race it not only says that we don't give a shit about people of color it also says that we don't give a shit about our own history
1: well and it it says that we just want to be part of the power structures we don't want actual equality
0: yes so as a queer person you have an obligation to honor every queer person that fought for your equality by fighting for the equality of others. Mm-hmm. Period. Racial justice is a queer issue. Period. So if you... You're on blast, white friends. You're on blast right now. Gay white friends. We are also on blast. We are We are on blast. I'm putting you on blast. And you should put me on blast. Self-blasting. We're self-blasting. Like, really. If you engage, if you go into the world and you are not caring, and you're behaving in a way that dismisses racial justice matters, or you're dismissing the concerns of people of color, you're on blast. We're going to call you out mm-hmm. because it's important. It's a it's a queer issue. I'm fighting for my queer community by calling your racist ass out. Mm-hmm. Joshua,
1: Steven. Steven. <laughs> That was great. It's with a pH. Right. It's gotta be with a pH. Branford. Branford. <laughs> um
0: Michaela Mela Kayla Kaylee
1: Bray she's, Lee. She's my favorite pansexual queen. I'm getting you. Yeah.
0: You're we're gonna call you up because racial justice is an LGBTQ issue. Period. Stop.
1: End of story. <laughs> Which leads us to our next segment where we just call out random white people. <laughs> Listen. Yeah. Michelangelo I don't That didn't work I'm you know, sorry
0: I think you were trying to like Feminize Michelangelo I think I was A little bit
1: He's feminine enough as Yeah is. he was
0: fine So You gotta care About racial justice Because if you don't You're supporting white supremacy Period Sorry There's no That's it Done Sorry End to be a story. killjoy you right. If you don't care About racial justice In the queer community And everywhere You're supporting white supremacy white people
1: done. And there are plenty of articles that you can Google because you are capable Mm -hmm. of using technology as proven by you listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. You can Google it yourself. There's plenty out there that much smarter people have written about, about all of this stuff about racial preferences and about all this fun stuff. You can Google it. I believe in you. Yes. Braley.
0: And, and I think, you know, uh, I know I feel like I would like our podcast to do a better job of, of including voices of people of color. Mm -hmm. And I've already like, I sent some emails this morning to people that I respect who've written stuff to have them come on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's something that we can do that we have not done so very well. This is us on blast. We have not necessarily done that well.
1: Your faves are problematic.
0: Yeah. We haven't done that well. So we're going to try to be better at that. We're going to work at being better on that. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, we're going to continue to address the issue of race because it's not some separate issue. It is an LGBTQ issue. So it's Mm -hmm. part of the scope of what we're intending to do, among other things, among other justice movements. We're going to talk, we can talk about other things too. You know, misogyny is an important thing.
1: And sometimes it's okay just to have fun.
0: Yeah, and we will. (laughs) We will. We will. Um, So we didn't want to just like put you on blast and call you out without giving you some things that you can do to remedy this problem now that you are an aware
1: white listener now Now. (laughs) you weren't before (laughs) but you are now my goodness Charles I think they're
0: right so what can you do if you're sitting there going well all right okay ranty McRanterson um what can I do?
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. Ranting Hi, my name is Randy
0: McRanterson. I'm 37 years old. Um, no, you I'm won't. not. I'm 41. Uh, if you want to directly impact the community of Charlottesville, uh, you can donate to some of their local causes. And what we're going to do is on the page on our site for this episode, we will include some of those links so that you can support organizations that are doing work in Charlottesville. Uh, if you have a particular desire to help those communities. So what else can you do? What can you do in your community? Um, Engage in racial justice work in your community. Get on the Google, like Neil said, and do your research. You can find organizations in your community that are working against white supremacy and donate your time. Mm -hmm. Volunteer donate your money so that they can continue
1: doing their work um the anti-defamation league is a national organization that has local chapters and at the very least they are connected to other things and other organizations in their areas so that's a really good place to start they work with anti-semitism and a lot of other things specifically Mm -hmm. but um they work with other organizations in their local areas depending on the chapter so like if all that fails, just go to adl.org and find a chapter and then call them up and be like, "Hi, I'm interested in doing this."
0: Well, and I think too, uh, you know, depending on your community, definitely also include looking at your local LGBTQ organizations. Of course, because by nature they are going to be doing work that will ideally. impact ideally, they will be doing work that impacts all the all communities, particularly if they are addressing the concerns of queer homeless youth, uh, because I know homelessness in the queer youth community does disproportionately impact Uh, young queer people of color so um, donate your time and donate your money and when those organizations give you opportunities to learn more about how to do the work sign up for the fucking workshop take Mm -hmm. the fucking class like go and learn how to do this work better Mm -hmm. and do more and look to people of color in your community who are leading and support the work that they do Amplify the work that they're doing when you see people of color who are leading and doing doing like important things. Shoot them a Facebook message and ask how you can support their work Mm -hmm. and and then support your work. Don't center yourself. White friend. Don't mm -mm. you you don't don't center yourself. Just Make, make space. Make space. But don't take up too much of it.
1: Hey, speaking of making space, that's another thing you can do. If mm-hmm. and like I address this, if you're invited to a thing or if you're speaking at a thing, actively question where the diversity is. Um, if you're on a panel and it's all white people, be the guy who asks, "Um, why are there only white people here?" And it will make people uncomfortable, and that sucks for them because they did that to themselves. And like, if if you're in a situation where um you're you're offered an opportunity um and you notice that everybody else is also white you might have to just take a hit and be like sorry no this isn't a thing that i want to do and like that's a really hard thing to do but trust me your cv will be okay like you will be fine you just are making space and you know nine times out of ten they will choose another white person to fill your spot and that's on them but you don't want to support an organization that only chooses white people for those kinds of things, do you? Like, why would you? That doesn't, that's not equitable. That's not fair. And that's not, um, that shouldn't align with your values. At least, I think it shouldn't. Yeah.
0: And that's putting us on blast. Yeah. Like, that straight up put us on blast. Um, yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> Making space is is huge. So we're um, ending the podcast. No, we're not. Uh, <laughs> no, in and in, and in even even more micro terms, um, you know, when, when you're given the opportunity to share stuff, share the voices of people of color mm-hmm. who are writing and saying the things that need to be said. Um, spread the work of people who are in the community living the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, when your friend tells a casually racist joke and everybody laughs and you don't think it's funny, say something Mm -hmm. like don't be the person who lets casual racism pass by
1: your friends sound shitty anyway so if they hate you afterwards don't worry about it exactly
0: exactly like call it out call out your racist uncle call out your racist grandma
1: call out that rando on facebook who thinks it's funny call
0: out the rando on facebook who thinks yeah exactly
1: he thirst added you you know call (laughs) put him in his place (laughs) personal much. A little
0: bit. I mean, um, that like, might no, be based on right. recent experiences. But for real, call people out. Do do things in your because really you may feel like you're not doing anything if you're not at a march or changing the world or doing things on a macro scale, but the kind of work that you do between you and one other person is incredibly significant. Like that's still significant work mm-hmm. when you can engage another person and, and, and hopefully
1: get them to see something that they didn't see before. That's change. That's we have to important think about change. micro and macro level. Yeah. Like we couldn't do anything about the actual March. We weren't there. No. And, there's not it's not likely going to happen anywhere near us where we can like go off and fight and even if it does we aren't necessarily obligated to be counter protesters there but there are things that you can always do right
0: right and the last thing uh, i just wanted to like throw some support out to a project that I think is really awesome. It's called safety pin box. It's a project that was started by Marissa Jene Johnson and Leslie Mack. And what safety pin box is, it's a monthly subscription box for white people striving to be allies in the fight for black liberation. That's like the language they use. Mm. So box memberships are a way to not only financially support black femme freedom fighters, but also complete measurable tasks in the fight against white supremacy. So this is great. This is like a double way to do good, positive things. Not only can you learn how to better support the fight for racial justice, because uh, they'll give you measurable like things you can actually do. They'll give you the tools to do things. But you'll also be supporting the work of people of color. And that is incredibly important. Um I follow, I follow Leslie on Twitter and her, her, she's like fantastic. And her Twitter feed is smart and engaged and the work that they're doing is really awesome. We will include a link to them on the page as well. So you can go over and, uh, and, and do the thing like contribute your money. Um, join them, support them. Um, I did so.
1: It's, go and do that. It's great, too, because it's such a smart way to get that stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Subscription boxes are so in vogue right now. Yeah, oh, yeah so it's, a, it's
0: really wonderful. And, uh, you know, you go to the website and all the people who are leading and running this organization, they're all women of color. It's wonderful. Like, it, it it's it's an awesome project. And, uh, and you should definitely lend your support to it. And it's a way to act in the world. So... Yay. Get out there and do it because
1: if not, what are you supporting? Why White the supremacy. Memory. Period. That's, that's, the, um, that's the secret word of the day. And whenever yeah. you hear it, it's like Pee Wee's Playhouse. You have to be like, yeah.
0: Although we probably would want to be like, it'd be a negative sound. Ah! That's much better. Um, as always, we really appreciate uh, you... Sticking around, I know it's been less than every week to get a new episode What are you out talking a, about? Time but, is, isn't real. Yeah, but, but what's wonderful is that our audience is still um, holding strong and even growing. So thank you for continuing to support our work. So thank and you. And our podcast. Like Thanks a lot. We really appreciate all of you uh, who are out there listening. Um, you are always uh, an inspiration
1: to us to keep moving. Next week we'll talk about something wholesome like Dream Daddy. Or that
0: sounds great to me. Well, next next week. week,
1: I mean, I'm not like trying
0: to put him on blast for this, but next week we're gonna have our favorite Portland.
1: Shh. It's a surprise. I know Nobody we're gonna knows. have like our
0: fav- one of our favorite people in the world will be here, and so we'll talk about something fun. We're not gonna make him talk about race because that's super tokenism <laughs> oh um, my god let's play let's play dream daddy with him we'll do that so okay. David are you listening you're gonna do that you're gonna play dream Daddy with us yeah I know
1: I know I'm already your dream bit <laughs> like I said on Facebook <laughs> nightmares are dreams too we'll see you next week bye
0: been listening to bearded fruit politics and culture through an intersectional queer lens now if you enjoyed this week's episode head over to our website beardedfruit.com to get more info about this week's show and to check out some of our other web features like our weekly ask a dad advice column or our fruit stands section which gives you ways to bring the bearded fruit conversation into your community you can also connect with us on facebook at bearded fruit and on twitter at bearded fruit pod and if you have some feedback on this week's episode or questions to ask us or just want to share an idea for an upcoming episode give us a call at 860-785-0633 and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on itunes or find us on soundcloud and as always thanks for listening